Good morning. Welcome to the show. So glad everybody's here. We're going to get ready to dive into the world of music, innovation, and creativity with the legendary Grammy Award winning Tricky Stewart. Uh, Y'all know with a career spanning over about three decades, Tricky Stewart has not only left an indelible mark on the music industry, but is also uh, taking on roles as a songwriter, producer, composer, and yes, y'all, one of my favorite positions, a CEO. Uh, from working with iconic artists like Beyonce to his trailblazing ventures uh, in music business. Uh, his journey is nothing short of inspiring. So, tricky, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And uh, uh, is that? That's Biggie, though. But tricky rhyme with Biggie. So, <laughs> but the part of that that said, that's why you broke, I'm broke and you so, you got so much money. That's what this show is about. <laughs> tricky, tricky, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Fun always talk to you. Man, thank you so much, man. We talked just a, a minute ago about how long you've been in the industry and, and climbing. I know not long ago you were ranked, uh, you know, as top four uh, producers of all time, composers, all the things that you do. Man, can you, as we, as people start to listen, we, we all want to ask somebody like you if you could tell us you know, pivotal moments in your experience that has been significant to you. And I, I hope that includes, you know, notable work with people like Beyonce and Michael Jackson and the dream and, and, and all of that. But but I, I can't speak for you. I, the people out there would love to know from you. What do you consider pivotal? Yeah, it's interesting that you would say that, because when you say pivotal, I think um, the things that most people would, you know, look at would be like, you know, some of those successes or things that come that have like a, a victory of some sort attached to it. But the things that are truly pivotal for me were everyday decisions, um, complexities of navigating uh, uh, a crazy world and, and an even crazier industry. So, you know, those pivotal moments, you know, for me that I think of that were really important were just putting myself in position to be discovered is really one of the, the most pivotal things that I ever did because I'm, born and raised in uh like chicago illinois like but really outside of chicago like in dalton and harvey you know south suburbs and i knew that i knew that music wasn't going to land on me so the first part was just having an understanding of you know where entertainment was happening and how and what i should be trying to do to get in the path of it and so that was a very pivotal moment and so you know, from there, there's just so many other pivotal moments where, you know, meeting a person like L.A. Reid, who was starting a new record company at the time in Atlanta, uh, LaFace Records, and and literally going on an island with the one record company in Atlanta versus living in Los Angeles because most people associate me with being in Atlanta. Right, right. But I was in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles first, 
when I took that, you know, that first pivot to go from being in Chicago to being in the entertainment capital of the world, which is Los Angeles, uh, ultimately I had to get there and then there became an opportunity after being there for a few years. And these are all things as a young person that myself and my brother and uh, and Judy that we're, we're really like evaluating all these different moves. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't an easy decision to leave um, LA. I had become a working producer at a young age by the time, you know, that opportunity really came because I moved out there when I was like 17. Right, right. And by 19... By 19, I really, like, um, kind of started to make a name for myself and at least, at the very least, be able to take care of, you know, basic, like, life needs. You know, it wasn't perfect or anything like that, but at the same time, it was a win because there was a, my name was being associated with music. And so, getting that opportunity to then come down here to start with L.A. Reid, uh, and Babyface at the time, uh, their new company. And so that was a really pivotal time um, being there and being able to be exposed to the Jermaine Dupree's and um, Organized Noise and Dallas Austin and LA and Babyface's songwriting at a high level and hearing Outkast and hearing Goody Mob and hearing TLC and the next wave of music that was going to touch the world in a crazy, crazy way. So that was super pivotal. And they did. Um, all those, all those, all those groups you mentioned did touch the world in major ways. How did you though, yeah. as a, so that, you did that piece, but there's also that entrepreneurial piece there with you. I mean, as a founder of RZ3 Recordings, I mean, and through that role, you played a, a significant role in nurturing and launching the careers of many, many artists. What inspired you to go from, you know, working with all these iconic people to, you know what, I'm iconic <laughs> and I could I can do my own thing that will, will rise people up. What made you decide to do that? Well, I think it's it's two parts to it. Right. And I think the first part is I didn't set out to be any of the things or the titles that come with my career at this point. Those are things that my God-given talent of making records and being a record producer and a songwriter have put me in the position where people um, entrust me with certain things because I've had a track record of doing those things. And those things, whether that's just simply wanting to write songs with someone because you think they're amazing, but then being able to um, create a deal structure for them or create uh, a way of changing their life or getting them into the music business through a publishing company or through a publishing contract. Is, you know, that's not anything that I thought I would be, but it public, being a publisher came with it. Making records became more feasible for me to own recording studios as much as I was in them versus rent them. And so then that got me into of being a recording studio um, owner of the actual business of the recording studio, which then got me into being uh, a a landowner, a landowner of that space, and um, basically getting into real estate. I didn't know that I was doing these things when I was doing them, but they were just ancillary things that just kind of came. Right. From, wow. Um, wow. Me, me wanting to make records, and so the next part of that would be 
you know, people who inspire you when they walk in the studio and you're just like, this artist is so great. And you're just like, I want to, not only do I want to do records, but I want to, I want to, I'm excited about you. I can't stop talking about you. Everywhere I go, I'm going to talk about you because I think you're amazing if you're the dream or I think you're, you know, Frank Ocean or whoever that is, Annie Tracy and these different artists that you like kind of get behind and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm just genuinely excited and I'm willing to utilize my relationships, my expertise, and anything that I have that I've acquired to use, utilize it on your behalf because I believe in you and I want to champion you and help you get to the next level. Wow. No, that's deep, man. Uh, I, I was in some of that, a little bit of that you talked about in the, the, the recent article in Ebony Magazine, man. And I've got to tell you, that article was fantastic. And, you know, you talked about your accomplishments uh, as a C-suite sort of disruptor, not just a trailblazer, but a disruptor. And and it sort of shaped the way you your workplace culture, your the overall hurdles that you had to overcome in order to make your indelible mark. I wonder, though, you know, you said something during that interview. You you shared that you want to help young people and young artists understand that. And I quote, they need to be responsible for what they think and wish for. End quote. Tell me, t- t- talk to me about that. What, tell me more about that. Well, I would say, you know, part of being a, a, a producer and trying to be a significant one at the, you know, I'm older now, you know, I'm not in the streets and things like that. So what happens is, Inevitably, I spend a lot of time with young people um, because it's part of what it's part of what comes with my job is being with people, you know, whether it's 18 to 26, 27 years old. I, I genuinely spend a good majority of my time around youthful people. And the one thing that I picked up on in, in um, recent years is the idea that people will um, almost like fantasize something in their head that only has the good parts attached to it mm. and not what it really takes to the make struggles, it. struggles, not really the struggle, um, yeah. Well, there's just a path to success, and there's a path, and there's characteristics, there's traits, there's things that you have to check off the box in order to get what you want. And there's so many people who now get want what they want but they're not willing to have an understanding or study beyond what is right in front of them and then they end up getting disappointed or hurt because they didn't have a full understanding of what they were wishing for and you know there's no there's no easy way to the top in any industry of any kind and ultimately there's just some information that I think if everything goes your way, you know, you still have to know what you're responsible for. You know, you can't, it's so many people that just go, man, I didn't know about publishing. I didn't know about this. I didn't know. There's no reason. And there's no luck. There's no excuse not to know in 2023. If you, if you have a genuine interest in something and you want to dedicate your life to something and, and be a part of an industry, I can't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I want to race cars. That doesn't mean that the path for me racing cars 
is all of a sudden to get on the freeway going fast. <laughs> there's a place. Right. There's a place. Right. There's a path. There's a way to do that. And without taking the steps of even knowing what that is, it's just hard to take people serious when they when they say they want something, but they haven't even taken the first step where information in, is in abundance about pretty much everything under the sun. Well, this is why I always love talking to you, man. You are so you're so real about this information and so candid, and 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 sometimes it's it's, it's kind of brutal, uh, but but you you're talking about a life you've lived, and you've seen many people go and you know make the wrong decisions and have the wrong understanding about the business. And listeners, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to legendary Grammy Award winner uh, Tricky Stewart, super producer number four of all times, probably probably number number one. But but that's what they said. They said number four. Yeah. And um, and Tricky, you have uh, I mean, obviously, man, you work with the biggest names in the music industry. We talked about Beyonce and Michael Jackson and your partner in crime, The Dream. But you also Frank Ocean, who you mentioned, Mary J. Blige and Rihanna. Wow, man. And so many more. Anybody, you know, the average person like myself, we don't know what it's like to 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 work with people like that. Um, you know, it was crazy walking in your studio one night and you're like, yeah, just come by. <laughs> and, and, you know, we come by and you got a Grammy winning artist in the studio singing his head off. And I'm sitting there with my mouth about to drop. Like, okay, how did I get here? With is that so and so? I'm not blasting who it was, but but man, when you think about your dealings with these artists, you ever are you ever like struck by their um, by just who they are and and just how famous they are. Or, or at some point, do they just become regular people who need to do what you said? Uh, uh, I just, I got a lot of questions as it relate to that. But let me deal with that. Are you ever starstruck? Um, am I ever starstruck? No, I'm, I'm never starstruck. But it's not because it's not because I'm not starstruck. In my real life, like if I'm out and I see somebody that I don't know that I haven't worked with or something like that, I can be. Just, I'll have the same vibe about that person as anybody else would have. It's like it's a, a being a star it has a gravitational pull to it. It's not you know it's not imaginary thing. It's a real thing, and so you know I can feel that, and I'm attracted to those people. Now, difference being when I'm in the studio and you walk in, I'm on a mission, so there's no time to be starstruck, and that's not why I'm there, and that's not why I've been put there. And due to the fact that I started doing this so young, that was an approach that I had to bring with me from sports where it was like, it's game time when, you know, you walk in a studio and I've been doing this since I was 16 years old and, you know, that's Quincy Jones in the room with you and I'm co-producing with him at a very young age, you know, and wow. this is Belle Biv DeVoe, you yeah. know, and the other, and, and they're in their, and they're in their moment, you know, whoever it is, you know, and you know those moments can gobble you up and uh because if you don't have if you don't have it a, a big artist just because of their experience level just because of their bravado and just overall the things that have put them in that position to have a, a type of title that you would use the word star, star 
or superstar with. They have a an energy that's powerful that is naturally overtaken. And so at that point, you have to um, you have to match that energy in your way, get control of the situation, and do what you came to do at a high level, and understand that they're there for a reason. And that reason is because someone along the road, no matter how old you are, said that you were talented enough to be in this room. And once you're talented enough to be in this room, or somebody thinks that you can deliver results by putting you in a room with a Mariah Carey or a Whitney Houston or whoever that person is, yeah, at that point, there's no time to be uh, starstruck. You have to deliver. Now, you have said to me before that uh, Gwen Stefani was was probably one of the coolest kind of moments. Was that just uh, because she was so in the like, so immersed in in like she looked like she was having fun, like when you were working with her? Was that the reason why you thought it was it was so cool to really work with her? Um, I thought it was cool because first and foremost, Gwen is just one of the coolest people on the planet. She always has been for a long time. And I think, um, I mean, it was a big deal for me because she was one of the few people that I had missed. And historically, you know, Gwen has always put, you know, black producers in the position to do pop music, whether that was Akon, whether that was, um, you know, Pharrell with, you know, Hollaback Girl and, you know, Dr. Dre and all those people. And I always had a like a great respect for her for that. And ultimately, when I got in those sessions, it was just everything that I thought it would be. It was fun. It was light. It was personal. It was, you know, it was family. It was Zoom calls with wives and husbands and meeting kids. And, you know, it was everything that you want it to be when you meet somebody that you have a genuine respect for. And she had a genuine respect for us. And I think from that standpoint, it was just a really, really cool uh, experience because she's so comfortable in her skin. I'm pretty comfortable in my skin, and, and Dream is pretty comfortable in his skin. And we just had uh, an amazing session. Wow. You know, you, you recently ventured into Sessions Atlanta, opening just an incredible um, studio that you call the Musical Social House. Uh, has it so far lived up to what you thought it would be, uh, you know, and, and just what you, I mean, you, you sort of designed it to be different. Uh, is it? I think, I think it's, uh, absolutely exceeded expectations to this point. Um, you know, we have, we knew we had a good idea. We knew we had a great space. Um, the X factor became how good the actual studio sound, um, the studio sound great. And that was something that after, you know, studio chemistry and having just the magic in the rooms is something that you can't put your finger on. you got to spend all the money and then figure it out. Um, and then there's just an overall flow to the space and the way that it's designed that is really just bringing out the best in people. It's bringing out the best in me. It's reinvigorated uh, my creativity, my team, uh, all the other artists that are coming there. We're, we're having massive successes already around the world on the charts you know we don't talk about whose records it is and who's recording because part of our our charm is to be exclusive but we have records that are literally popping up all over the world that are performing very well that's very exciting and at the same time while we're having 
our core experience and our core like um, industry being served, we are simultaneously putting together some of the coolest events on the corporate side, whether that's working with Truist Bank or Puma. We did an incredible dinner for Puma. There's been, uh, you know, so many, um, you know, book signings and uh, chefs and, uh, you know, debuts of just like uh, the foodie app and different things that have just really brought people into our space. Um, it's become very word of mouth. The, I believe that the magic is seeing is believing. Yeah. And yeah. once you invite people, once you invite people, what ends up happening is those people see themselves doing something in the space themselves creatively, which is what we've wanted um, for, for what the guests are there for. Tricky, I want to ask you about two relationships you have in this last couple minutes we got. Uh, as what I haven't said about being number four uh, of all time uh, producer is your collaboration with The Dream has been recognized greatly as well. And in that light, talk to us about your collaboration, friendship, brotherhood, all the things above. Talk to us about Tricky Stewart and The Dream. Um, Tricky Stewart and The Dream, we are um, we are peanut butter and jelly. Just, it kind of just goes <laughs> together, you know. It's just been a great, great joy in my life to have someone uh, to share, you know, all these crazy moments with and then be consistently with the same person. It's really been a blessing. You know, honestly, Dream is um, it's just a special person. He's just unique um, spirit and he's an absolute just beast when it comes to uh his ability to tell stories, his work ethic, his, his passion, and to be equally uh, joined with someone like that and have that much in common um, about music, and then it just kind of all get on, get in there, you know, and and us create and create some of the moments that we have, uh, and the biggest artists in the world. Um, that might be the biggest artist of all time is uh been you know amazing to be part of those moments and all the other records that we've created as well but it's just easy i would say that the relationship with dream is easy as it pertains to like just making records chemistry um and i think overall we just got an overall love for each other and respect for each other and it's just i think it gets better and better like every year you know we're getting stronger like i think we just we're at that point where I think we just realized, hey, we do something great. We do it great together. We do it great apart. But when we have those moments, it's just, it's even more, it's even more special for me to have those things associated with him because of the history. Well, let me ask you this, and I don't know whether you or Dream could answer this question, but how many people y'all think y'all may quit their jobs when you came out with You Won't Break My Soul? <laughs> I had a couple people quit my oh, office. <laughs> so what, what is, how many people across the world y'all had quitting y'all jobs? Y'all had more people quit than, than COVID laid off. <laughs> Wait a minute, them people, those people were gonna quit anyway, man. They, they were on the brink, and they just all they needed, they just needed a little. They just needed a reason to quit. They were gonna quit anyway. Okay. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> hey, I got told them to quit their job. Uh, I got one more question uh, to ask you about the influence on your career uh, from a person, and this may not, this may be a person that not everybody out in the in the listening world may know, but 
tell us about Makita Stewart and her influence on your work and your life. Oh, man. See, now you're trying to get deep. Um, <laughs> no, um, listen. Makita Stewart, my wife, is um, she's my my um, my partner and everything. You know, Kita pushes me. Um, she, she has really pushed me to places that I probably never would have gotten through just like um, through information, through conversation, through understanding, through listening, being a great listener and being able to help me sort critical times. Um, a lot of that uh, just, geez, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like my wife, she's just amazing at um, giving me what I need. And she can look into what's going on and, and um, she can really just answer the questions that I don't know the answers to. And, um, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, I'm the CEO, but I have a, a co-CEO and she's much smarter than me. And, you know, it's whether it's having a conversation or overhearing the conversation and then I wake up the next day and then there's a book that you know on my nightstand that's like literally addressing what it is that she might have overheard or just the idea of you know making sure you know she's never sent me out into the world with anything on my head besides being creative that support system um of how she like builds me up and um you know really just provides that ultimate um creative space throughout the whole family and uh, and it really encourages our family to be individuals um, encourages our girls to be individuals to be individually creative um, that they don't have to be the same we're not looking for them to be the same they don't need to mirror each other in any way like we're a family of individuals that collectively um, operate through the same like heart and the same values so it's really wow cool. Well, listen, man, I'm going to leave it there because there are no truer words spoken than one who's talking about the person that they wake up to every day. So uh, listen, man, congratulations on all the success. Um, We look forward to more, a lot more uh, until you decide that you're, you're done, which you probably never done. And I assume Sessions Atlanta means that there'll be a Sessions L.A. and so on and so forth. So we'll be looking out for that, too. But uh, more than anything, man, thank you guys for uh, helping us build the memories to our lives and uh, the backdrop to our lives in your music. So uh, and and look, man, your friendship is golden. And uh, I, I, I really, really appreciate you taking time to let our listeners hear what I get to hear all the time. And that is just, you know, there's there's a lot, lot, lot there with a tricky steward that comes out in his music. But if you don't know the man, you don't know how far he's going to go. So we I know that that's going to be incredible. And I can't man. It's like it's like walking a tightrope watching you. Uh, I, I just love it. So, man, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, too. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. And, you know, I got nothing but love for you. And I can't wait to uh, get down there for the party this year. You know? Shh. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Everybody. That's why, that's why, that's why, this, 
That's, I didn't say I didn't say what party I said. I'll be there though. Listen, stay with us for a short Pittman point right after this. Tricky Stewart. It's time for Pittman's point on 96.1 Jams. Welcome back to the show. It's time for the Pittman point. On Tuesday, y'all, the National Republican Committee held their second presidential debate, and it was at the Ronald Reagan Library in California. Beautiful library, y'all. Uh, watching the debate, uh, a few things stood out to me, and I want to share them with you. Uh, the elephant in the room. Trump, once again, a no-show for the debate. He's decided uh, uh, at the same time uh, to hold a rally somewhere else. Uh, it's clear that the former president thinks he's already secured this nomination and doesn't need uh, any any potential embarrassments. Um at the debate on at the podium that might impact that. So he's not showing up. However, it's evident that the other candidates believe that it's now time for them to start uh, pointing that out to people that uh, he may have a 40, 50 point lead, but he's not showing up here to the debate uh, to talk about these issues that are so important to you. Uh, Christie, DeSantis, Pence, all those candidates uh, took shots at President Trump on his record and on that last point. While he did better in the end, the first 20 minutes of the debate, uh, he had nothing to say. And the moderator sort of opted to ask in Nikki Haley and Mike Pence most of the questions. Uh, when he did speak, uh, he did make some points, especially as it, as it relates to Florida and the work he did here that may resonate with some people. But I didn't see anything that would move him to the point of overcoming Trump in the polls. This debate only showed that uh, no one on that stage is ready to drop out. Uh, no one is ready to rally behind a challenger against Trump. And it seems that it's really just paving the way for another um, showdown between Biden and Trump. So to put my point today, there's a debate in Miami <laughs> coming up. Uh, keep the faith. There's still time for a change. Stay engaged. This has been the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show on 96.1 Jams, Tallahassee's big station. We got this.